false thought. It incorporates a whole lot of issues that we face day after day. And I do not have the time uh, to address every one of these issues uh, one by one. But I do want to remind us this morning that all life is sacred. All life is created by God. All life is created for God. The Bible says in Colossians 1.16, For by Him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things, all things were created through Him and for Him. That makes all life sacred. Animal life, plant life, human life. But can we say with assurance and authority that human life is the most sacred? We're told we cannot. We're told that human life isn't ju- is, just isn't that special. It's just one form of life among many. So I want to ask you this morning, is all human life valuable? Whether it's in the womb, whether they're physically or mentally disabled, whether they're old, forgotten, abused, neglected, is all human life valuable? And if it is, then what are we as God's people doing about it? How are we showing value, and worth to human life. So without addressing any one particular of these problems, I want to give you some overarching things to look at. And this, if you were here a few weeks ago on a Sunday night, you will recognize these thoughts as we talked about it. But I want to pick up on the theme of this video, and I want to invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 1. And let's answer this question. Is... Human life, the most sacred. Should we give more attention to, value to, worth to human life? In Genesis chapter 1, you know it's the story of creation. We read in the first five days all the things that God created. But we come to verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Those two verses address many of the, most of the, if not all of the issues of human life that our culture is arguing over today. But you know that phrase, in God's image, in God's likeness, is repeated again in chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. 
says this is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day of, that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. This phrase is said of no other part of creation. In fact, at this moment in creation, God specifically said to God, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image. No other part of creation, you go back and read it, was this set of. So I want to ask this morning, what does it mean that human life is the most sacred? And what does it mean that we are created in God's image? That sets us apart from all other forms of life. You see, the atheists, the evolutionists, they want to say that all life is equal and it's as disposable or maintainable as all other life forms. But that's not the testimony of God's Word. And the reason I bring this before you today, yes, today is the Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, but also as a reminder, because you and I are being bombarded. If you watch any television, if you go to any institution, secular or Christian, grade school, high school, or college, or graduate school, you're bombarded with this false teaching that you need to hear the truth. You need to be reminded of the truth. You need to know that this is what God says. This is what the Bible says. We're emphasizing the beginning of this year uh, the need to return back to Scripture. Is this our final authority? This is what I ask people a lot of times in counseling, especially premarital counseling. What is your final authority? Do you believe that God and His Word has the final authority in your life and in your practice, the way you live your life? And this is God's final authority. And so, what does it mean that human life is created in God's image? First of all, I want you to notice, He says, let them have dominion over how many times, go back and look at verse 26 and count the number of times the word over is mentioned. Go, just do a little search. How many times is it mentioned there? Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing. How many times? Five times. In one verse. What does God say? God is saying man is what? Over. Der. It's in black and white. We are over. We're not equal. Amen? We are over. We have dominion. That's God's image. How? Because God is over all things. And he made us in his image that he put us over some things. See, Jesus said, all authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. We're not given all authority, but we are given dominion over all other aspects of God's creation. We are not equal to the animals. We're not equal to the trees. No matter how scarce they may be or how endangered they may be, they are not on the equal level as human life. Verse 28, 
God said, blessed them, man, and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and, and what? Subdue it and have dominion, and there's that word again, over, over the birds, over the fish, over every living thing that moves. Chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. We have dominion over all other forms of creation. We have dominion over them. We did not descend from them. If we descended from them, we don't have dominion over them. And if we have dominion over them, we did not descend from them. Animals and humans are not the same kind. I don't care what you hear in school. Same kind. We may have similarities, but we're not the same kind. The scripture says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 21, So God created great sea creatures, and every living thing that moves, with which the waters abounded What's that phrase? next phrase? According to their kind. Every winged bird. What's the phrase? According to their kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them. See, God didn't just bless man. Yes, he did bless what he, other things he created. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the waters, the seas, and let the birds multiply. Verse 24, then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, and creeping things and beasts of the earth. What's that phrase? According to its kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth. What's the phrase? According to its kind, and, according to, and the cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. God made everything that moves according to its own individual kind. The creeping things were after its kind, the walking things after its kind, the swimming things after its kind, and then on a different day, the sixth day, he said, let us make man in our image. We are not made after the kind of everything else God created. We're not. It doesn't matter how many times it's repeated, it's still a lie. And it's a lie from the pit of hell because if God, Satan, can convince you that this part is a lie, he can convince you that John 3.16 is a lie. It starts in Genesis. We have dominion. Our nation seems to be more concerned about protecting unborn turtles than we are unborn humans. It's a symptom of the devaluation of human life. The U.S. federal and state government spent more than $1.7 billion to conserve endangered and threatened species. I wonder how much they spent on protecting the unborn human beings. I can tell you that Planned Parenthood only, that's not the only abortion industry in the nation. They're the major one. 
they alone committing 300,000 murders of the unborn made $1 billion doing so. I can tell you my opinion is that all these issues you saw in the video including abortion and human trafficking and, and all of that, not caring for the aged, neglecting the handicapped. It's all about money. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Let me tell you something. You take money out of this issue of human life, sanctity of human life, you take the money out of it, <laughs> it wouldn't be abortion. There wouldn't be human trafficking. There wouldn't be these things that are the devaluation of, of human life. It's a money issue. Look at Genesis chapter 9 in your Bibles. Verse 3. This is after the flood. <laughs> Well, I want you to get in your Bibles more. I know a lot of you are, and I hope more of you will. But Genesis 9, 3 says this, Every moving thing that lives shall be what? <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> you can eat whatever you want. Unless you're a Jew, Orthodox Jew. But even if you're a Jew and you're a Christian Jew, the Bible says Jesus made all foods clean. So everything that moves, we can what? eat. That reminds me again that I have dominion over them. If I can catch it, I can eat it. You know where I got that from? Besides the Bible? I was born and raised in Louisiana. <laughs> well, I actually born in Mississippi, raised in Louisiana. You can catch it, you can eat it. That's biblical. Everything that moves shall be food for you. Does that sound like they're on the same plane as me? Surely, now listen, he doesn't stop there. I have given you all things, even the green herbs, that you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is the blood. Surely, for your lifeblood, I will demand a reckoning from the hand of every beast. I will require it, and from the hand of man, from the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood by man's blood shall he shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man. He didn't say that about animals. He only said it about man. If you shed man's blood, whether it's in the womb, outside the womb, whether it's, whether it's murder, whether it's whatever, he said that man's blood shall be shed. He didn't say that about any other created thing. You see how the Bible values and exalts human life? It is sacred to God. All human life is the most sacred part of God's creation. I'll show you another thing. And the reason I'm emphasizing that is because that's what we're hearing so much today. Is they want to devalue human life. If they can convince our children that we descended from apes, which descended from that, which descended from a fish, which descended from some slimy ooze, then they can discount Every part of God's word. 
We have dominion over these things. That's how we're made in God's image. Another aspect is, is that we were created for eternal things. Chapter 2 of Genesis verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Do animals breathe? Yes. But do they have a soul? Do they have anything of eternal, eternity about them? No, they don't. In fact, the Bible says only of humanity, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, did he put eternity in their hearts. We were created with a living soul, an eternal being that will live forever and ever and ever. Even those who reject Jesus Christ will live forever. They won't want to because they will be tormented in, the, in a place called hell. He's put eternity in our hearts. The human soul, the human spirit, that part of us that lives forever distinguishes us from every other form of creation. Only humanity was designed to live forever. I'm not saying that there won't be animals in heaven. I'm sure there will be. May not be my animals, but there will be animals in heaven. I mean, Jesus is coming back on a white horse. Where's the horse coming from? And it says that his servants are coming back with him on white horses. So I know there's going to be horses there. But we have an eternal spirit. We're made in God's image. God is spirit. And he's eternal. Now, we didn't exist before, as God has always existed. But we will never, never truly, especially if you're a believer in Jesus, perish. I want you to see another way we're created in God's image. And, and that's in chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Isn't it interesting you know that the scripture records God talking to his creation, um, but he didn't give any. But in this passage, well, let me just I'll make my point. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. What happens here is that God didn't speak this again to any other part of his creation. Only this, only humanity. What's he doing here? I mean, he, he said you can eat anything you want, but you can't eat of that tree. You see, God has a, we're created in God's image. God has a will to choose what he wants to do or what he will not do. And being, part of being created in God's image was that he also gave us a will, a free will to exercise as we see fit. That's what I believe this tree in the garden represents. It's the God creating us in his image. He's given us dominion. He's given us an eternal spirit. And now he's given us something that he's risking greatly. Because he knows if I give them a free will and I give them the ability to choose right from wrong, I'm risking that they might choose wrong. But God was willing to risk it. 
because he loves us and because he set us apart from all other forms of creation. He gave us a will. You see, animals operate by instinct, not by will. An animal is an animal. I shared this the other other night when I was using this outline. A dog does what a dog does, right? Have you ever been to a dog show? A, a, A pig will do what a pig will do, right? You ever been to a hog show? You ever shown a hog? If you ever shown a hog, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You clean that pig up. You take that dog to the dog show. You clean that dog up. You got them trained to do exactly what you want them to do. You show them off. They look nice. They're lean. They're cut. They're clean. And they, they're judged. And, and as soon as you take that dog back home and let him go, as soon as you take that pig home, back home and let him go, what happens? The pig goes back to what? The mud hole. Why? You didn't bring it in the house and sit it at the table and eat with you. Why not? You showed it off to the world. How come you didn't bring it in to eat dinner with you? You may have it for dinner. <laughs> the dog, as soon as you let the dog go. You know, have you ever seen these dog shows? They're funny because I haven't watched a whole lot of them, but I've watched some of them, and it, what's, I like to watch, you know, always, I'm, I have a twisted sense of humor sometimes, but uh, I like to see how the dogs just stop in the middle of their performance instead of jumping in and running, that they'll stop and do something like a dog will do. <laughs> I don't want to be crude, but you know what I'm talking about. It's just funny, right there in the middle of the show. And he gets deducted for being a dog. <laughs> oh, points off, he stopped his squatted. <laughs> He's being a dog. Dogs do what dogs do. Pigs do what pigs do. But humans, we have a will. You can choose. Just like this morning, you can choose to believe what I'm saying is true. And that God's word is true. Or you can choose to believe that I'm and the devil in the world are telling you the truth. That's your choice. I can't make you believe. And God won't make you believe. He loves you enough to let you choose. Another thing that sets us apart in chapter 2, verse 18. God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper, a companion, somebody who's comparable to him. And then in chapter 21 through 25, I'm sorry, not chapter 21 through 25, uh, verse 21 through 25, says Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made, I'm sorry, that's the wrong chapter. Chapter 2, verse 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. There's another sanctity of human life issue there. He brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. God created his image in the fact that he created us with the need or the desire for relationship, companionship, fellowship, 
We need one another. And we don't need one, especially in marriage, just like us. We need one different from us. He made male and female. The issue of homosexuality is truly a sanctity of human life issue. Because it's devaluing human life. It's devaluing the truth of God's word. But we were made for relationship. Yes, in marriage. But more importantly, with God. We were not, God did not set us on this earth and back away and just watch things unravel. We were made to have fellowship with him. To be in a relationship with him. To love him and to be loved by him. Because he gave us that will, because he put that tree in the middle of the garden, and because Satan tempted Adam and Eve, and because Satan tempts you and I, we have chosen to take that forbidden fruit. Whatever that fruit goes by in your life, whatever name, sin, you've chosen. We've all chosen to eat of that fruit. We've all been entered this world with that sinful nature. And that fellowship has been hindered. Whereas Adam used to walk with God in the cool of the day, now he's eaten the fruit and now he's hiding in the bushes. He's ashamed. He's guilty. Then they cover themselves with fig leaves because they know they're naked. And, And this is even before God showed up. They're ashamed between each other. And God had to kill an animal. First death in Scripture was the blood of a sacrifice, a substitute, so that man's nakedness, the consequences of his sin, could be covered. You see, God so valued life, human life. He gave man a will to choose and and to stay in relationship with him, to walk with him, but he also gave them the will to choose not to if he so chose. But because he valued life so much, human life so much, he didn't do this for any other creature. He shed blood so that even in their sin, it could be atoned for. And he could still maintain a relationship with them because of the blood sacrifice. We fast forward that 2,000 years And God showed ultimate value to human life when he sent his only son, Jesus Christ. Who was at creation when he said, let us make man in our image? Jesus was part of that. And he, from the beginning, even before creation, the Bible says Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus was not God's plan B. He, he knew in his foreknowledge that man would fall. But that didn't stop him from giving him a will and loving him enough to give him a will. And Jesus stepped out of heaven because he valued human life. He didn't die on the cross for animals. He did die on the cross for vegetables. And for trees, he died on the cross. He shed his blood for you 
and every human being that's ever lived. That's how he valued human life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, be eternally separated from God, but have everlasting life. That's the sanctity of human life. That's the truth that we live by. That's the gospel. It starts in Genesis and goes all the way through to the end. That's what every one of us is going to be measured by. You know, when God, when you die and you stand before God, He's not going to ask you if you were pro-life. He's not going to ask you how you voted. That's not the measure for making it into heaven. The measure for making it into heaven and having an eternal relationship that cannot be broken from no sin, no death, nothing enters there. The, the measure for making it is not what you, how you voted or whether you're this or that or Baptist or Catholic or whatever it is. Is what did you do with Jesus? Did you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin? Did you ask him to forgive you? Did you ask Him to save you? Did you trust Him? Did you live for Him? You see, it's what you did with Jesus. That's what the sanctity of human life is all about. Would you bow your heads with me this morning?